And hello there, everybody. Once again, we welcome you in to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. My name is Bill Zadites, and we're glad to have you along for the ride as we continue some of our conversations with uh, some executives across the automotive industry. And today we are very excited to have executives from Cox Automotive and Kelly Blue Book joining us and going to dive right into the conversation. We have Jade Terraberry. Jade is the uh, Senior Strategic Planning Director for Cox Automotive and an old friend, Juan Flores, Senior Director of Product Development at Kelly Blue Book. Jade and Juan, uh, so glad to have you two on the podcast today. Thanks, Bill, thanks for, having, for us. having us, Bill. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So we we record this podcast in an interesting time frame because just this week on Auto Remarketing, I saw, Jade, that the average age of cars and light trucks has risen again to a new record of 12 and a half years. And I know that some of the things that you all are doing at Cox Automotive um, really align with the needs that dealers have at this point as vehicles on average are are aging. What opportunities are, are you seeing, especially as we kind of roll into the summer? What opportunities, Jade, are you seeing for dealers and, and service centers and, and their fixed ops department? Yes, Bill, you know, people are holding on to cars longer than they have before. They last longer. There's more technology uh, driving those vehicles. Um, but as far as timing, uh, as the summer approaches, we're going to see more vehicles on the road, more traffic. And for a service department, um, more vehicles to get ready for those long summer hauls. And the implications of the last couple of years of supply and demand imbalance may have really changed a dealership's position and their market share. You know, with the 2022 inventory fluctuations, rising interest rates, negative equity, people are holding on to those vehicles longer. But the reality is last year and previous years, routine service had multiple week wait times. And we learned that people, they're not going to delay their summer vacations. They, we see that a lot of our dealerships have actually lost some of those loyal clients over the last couple of years due to those um, supply and demand restrictions. And so, you know, the first thing I would say is um, you need to have awareness. Did your market share shift somewhere else? Because maybe without purposefully making mistakes, you as a dealer, you weren't being as transparent with your pricing or giving the right options for people to connect with you online. Uh, maybe you stopped allowing online scheduling or limited hours or the number of appointments that could be set by an online scheduling tool because of that staffing crunch. And so, you know, with that, we believe that the opportunities ahead of us for um, the summer season as our dealers really get ready and think about this critical revenue stream to our business. Uh, we want to go through a lot of those opportunities today. One thing that I'd like to add here, Bill, is that as we start thinking about vehicle ownership and how people are holding on to their vehicles much longer, that's actually translating to traffic on our site. So we've seen year-over-year -year increases of, uh, of traffic by vehicle owners to the KVB portions of the page that are focused on ownership. And our projections for the remainder of the year is that our ownership traffic, those customers that are not looking for a new UCPO vehicle, or those customers that are not looking to dispose of their vehicle, those true vehicle owners, is expected to increase by 30 to 35%. Wow. So when you think about that number and you think about where you started your, this this podcast, it's really interesting. It's it's tons and tons of opportunities and we can get into that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And Juan, I appreciate that. I, I mentioned Juan's an old friend. I mean, down through the years, uh, Juan uh, spoke at many of the Used Car Week conferences uh, down through time and, and so glad to reconnect. And this is my first podcast with Jade. So Jade, we're so glad to meet you and, and to learn what you have to share as well. Jade, her focus at Cox Automotive is on the consumer brands, Auto Trader and Kelly Blue Book. And and Juan, back to you, you talk about the data and, and recent data has shown, you know, the importance of the transparency to the consumer, not just in sales, but but also in service. And what is Kelly Blue Book? What is your team doing to, to help with that transparency? This is such this is such a common theme for Cox Automotive. You and I and we've been on so many conversations. We've been you know part of so many conversations and so many of our dealer friends where we were having these transparency conversations 10 years ago, 10 years ago, whether it was lack of transparency on the used car, new car side of the uh, users of the dealership's experience or on the trade-in, right? The lovely trade-in question. That's now just expanded to, or I should say extended to the fixed ops side of the business. So a customer, a dealer's customer expects transparency on both sides of the business, Bill. They expect to have transparency on what a brake pad and rotor replacement is going to cost. They, that type of information should be made available, maybe at the time of appointment or maybe via, via a, a menu section on the dealership's website that allows to uh, that allows the user to go in and get a sense for, okay, before I go in, oh, this is going to cost me about you know $400 per axle to get my brake pads and rotors replaced. And so what Kelly Blue Book does, no surprise in Cox Automotive does, it's, you know, we double down on on transparency by making repair pricing and maintenance pricing information available on kvp.com. You are listening to the voice of Juan Flores. He's the Senior Director of Product Development at Kelly Blue Book. And Jade Terraberry, uh, Jade, when it comes to changes in the marketplace, why is it important to continue to, from the dealership side, uh, to continue to invest in fixed ops and, and put a focus on it when it comes to uh, just really the, the fantastic revenue opportunities they have? Bill, you know, fixed ops forever has been important in dealership world. However, I think today it's more important than ever before and that you know we see consumer behavior changing so drastically on the purchase side, which means consumers are buying from further away. Loyalty means something different than it did in the past. And as you think about all of those changes, fixed operations is truly the most stable revenue stream within your business. Mm -hmm. And you know it's the opportunity for you not only to power the fixed op side, but that is your best swing at bat for opportunities, low cost inventory acquisition opportunities for your variable op side. You know, we hear again and again from our clients that consumers are still vastly unaware of the increased used car pricing and so, you know, as Juan mentioned, it also ties into kind of data at consumers' fingertips and transparency um, for consumers, but for the ability to them to, to be able to weigh, if I have a big repair I need on my car, do I, do I do that repair or do I see what my vehicle's worth and potentially trade it in for something newer? The other thing that I want to mention when it comes to changes in the marketplace, these are really big picture changes as we are all moving towards a cookie-less future. First-party data is more important now than it has ever been before. And, you know, we've seen the changes that Apple and Safari browsers have introduced in the market over the last couple of years that make it even harder for our dealers to track their first-party data. 
But we have a big deadline coming in the middle of 2024 from Google, where the whole world shifts. And if you think about how important every customer's data is to you, and the fact that in a purchase journey cycle, you may only have the opportunity to interact with that consumer once every three, five, 10, 12 years, as you mentioned in the beginning, whereas consumers that are servicing, maintaining with you, exercising recalls with you on brand, having the ability to pull them back into your dealership locally after this you know, new car shortage that we've been through, the power of fixed operations to drive real-time, ongoing, regular consumer connections to stay attached to those consumers is truly just priceless. And it's going to be even more priceless as we get through the next couple of quarters and industry changes from a data perspective. No, that's a great point. I think retention is, is really what you're getting at there from a from a customer standpoint for, uh, on behalf of the of the dealers. But Juan, with with the cross shopping that's happening at at, at a higher and higher rate, uh, what opportunities are there in the service drives to to help with loyalty, to help with retention? What are you seeing? Yeah, definitely to help with loyalty is just to uh, go back to. I, mean, I wouldn't say maybe go back, but just think about a progressive. Uh, approach with how you interact with your customer base. If the customers already get comfortable with a two to three week wait time to get into your service drive, and obviously the dealer might be having issues with staffing accordingly, then the shift should be around setting expectations with the customer on what they can expect, right? I, I know it's been a, a bit of a a bit taboo to explain to the customer what the difference between OEM recommended maintenance versus dealer recommended maintenance. I think most Rational drivers, if they're holding onto their vehicles, as long as you just suggested they're 12 years, most rational drivers are going to be interested in what the dealer recommends versus the approach of just, hey, this is what we recommend. And you end up with a $900 invoice in front of in front of uh, your desk, in front of the sales service manager's desk. So in terms of loyalty, it's just going back to basic principles of education and providing price transparency. I, I always, you know, my, my daughter refuses to drive into a dealership um, and she says, dad, it takes too long. I'm anxious. I get nervous. I don't know if I need all the things that they're asking me. So she's just completely abandoned. And, and she, number one is she's done that because she thinks that the service is much different. The transparency process is much different through your Valvolines or your Jiffy Lubes. And she just thinks that the customer service approach. So if you want to ma maintain some of your customer base, uh, I would say those things is what the younger generation are, are, are looking for. And one thing I want to add here, one of the metrics here that I try to promote as often as possible, Bill, is that at year five, uh, at year five, a vehicle owner, uh, a vehicle owner will defect to an independent shop, right? So think about the importance of year five. Year five, well, you're probably, your warranty has, uh, your has expired. And at that point, the vehicle is has over 100,000 miles. So the customer decides, you know what, I'm just going to go down to Bob's fast oil change and, and they don't come back. Right? right. So how do you hold on to them? As I mentioned, a variety of different ways to hold on to them with price transparency and education. You're listening to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. My name is Bill Zadites. We are talking with uh, Jay Terraberry with Cox Automotive and Juan Flores with Kelly Blue Book today. Glad to have you along for the ride as we continue with the Auto Remarketing Podcast. Jay, do you think the definition of loyalty maybe has become too narrow and how dealers might re-examine this full customer cycle? And it's not just about buying a new car, is it? No, it is surely not. You know, as I mentioned earlier in this segment with you, Bill, 
consumers, as they have changed the way they shop for vehicles, we have seen that loyalty and the way to measure lifetime value of a consumer to your organization is also shifting. It's like everything else. What we thought was outside of the box you know, two weeks ago, now the box is right over top of our head and everybody else is doing it. And so when, when you think about the definition of loyalty, I would take it one step further and tell our clients, you should be able to measure, you should have a dollar amount associated with the lifetime value of every customer that interacts with your dealership. But as you alluded to earlier, we we also know that consumers now, they're shopping from further away and they're willing to shop at, across brands and models uh, more than they ever have been before as a result of some of those post-pandemic conditions, supply and demand constraints. And so really this opportunity to capture first-time service visits, but then also to capture back people that you have lost um, is where you're going to have not only profitability on the fixed op side, but those swings at bat we mentioned for the variable op side. And funny enough, it's still true that 74% of consumers are likely to purchase their next vehicle from the same dealer that they return to for service. Um, and and so, you know, I think about the, the, the loyalty that, that you can drive in your own backyard, but I would take it one step beyond just loyalty to um, market share retention. Um, in that, you know, it's not just about keeping the people that you have today, but it's about capturing all those people that are buying from 100, 200, 500 miles away with the hybrid and new form retailers um, that are in this space. Um, you need to not be afraid to calculate and look at your your variable ops opportunities and your fixed op opportunities, um, how they play together, but how it's also okay to have a loyal customer that only fits into one of those categories today, because we do have such few opportunities as sellers and servicers and partners with consumers to touch their experience physically as more and more of those steps are happening online. And so, you know, I think the the definition of loyalty and the value of having somebody who is servicing with you because that service advisor has the ability to build the personal relationship and the trust, um, that's a high dollar event that, that you can really build loyalty and trust in your organization, your brand, um, and your manufacturer's brand if you're a franchise location in a different way than you can through the purchase process today. No, it's a great point. And you touch on service advisors, Jay, and I, I think that's that's important. There, just the relationship that the service advisors have with the customers as they come onto the, the dealer lot and into the service bays. But what are the benefits of of coaching, teaching these service advisors how to really become partners with the customer, with the consumer, wherever they may be in that that ownership life cycle? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that was for Jade, but I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and and jump in. I, I think there's a lot of opportunities there for the service advisor. Um, and one of the one of the things that I want to mention and try to tie that into that question, Bill, is that what we're seeing is. Uh, approximately 600,000 uh, customers per month that are entering their van looking for a safety recall um, on kvb.com. We don't have a VIN decoder, Bill. We have 600,000 people that are entering their full 17-digit van wow. through the experience, and they're looking for safety recall. What that means is that that's an opportunity for the service advisor um, at that point um, to 
not only inform the customer on the open uh, maintenance or repair, but also take a look at uh, a recall and, and stay connected with that customer. The other thing with that signals to us uh, with that kind of volume is that uh, the dealership or the OEM has the incorrect customer's information. They've lost touch right. with the customer. Right. There's an article that actually was just published earlier today that indicates that 25% of open safety recalls uh, go um, go unresolved. So um, it just it just kind of speaks to the opportunity and the importance of the role of the service advisor to build that loyalty, get that customer to come in, because per what Jade just said, it now builds a sales pipeline. But having the service advisor understand that entire connection point and that ecosystem and that dealership just becomes so important in allowing the service advisor to think uh, sort of, uh, if I lose this particular customer, right, this customer may potentially uh, go elsewhere and I will not be able to stay in contact with this customer uh, when and if an uh, open safety recall happens. But I think... I think it just speaks to uh, the the several opportunities that are out there for a dealer to stay connected with the customer, especially today and in a cookie-less future. Right? It's just it all just ties in together. Absolutely. And at this point, I mean, I'd love to hear more about the Kelly Blue Book Service Advisor product. So, J- Jade, if you'll start and one follow up with this, uh, I know this is exciting from from Cox Automotive and KBB, but be interested to hear more about it. Yeah, so I'll I'll start and then Juan, I'll flip it over to you for some of the more specific product pieces. But um, one of the things that is has been shocking to me over over the last decade, really diving in with our dealership partners on on their profit centers, their marketing budgets, their overall strategies, their shift to digital and online connections with consumers. Um, in most cases drastically above half of the dealership profitability comes from that fixed operation side, whereas it's usually five, maybe 10% of their their overall spend and focus for, um, for where and how they allocate marketing dollars to making online and digital connections with consumers. And um, I'll put one on the spot in a minute to give some of the stats of just audience growth that we have seen through our KBB service funnel. But I'll tell you, Bill, usually when we roll out a new product across AutoTrader or Kelly, we have to spend in some cases, years, but always weeks and months and quarters, educating consumers on how to get into that funnel, how to navigate through that funnel, what actions to take. And the organic growth that we have seen digitally with this service advisor product suite just tells us this is an area where consumers absolutely, they want to research, they want to compare, they want to take action, they want that price transparency. And it's also really cool that it's given our franchise dealers an opportunity in that pricing transparency vein to to be really bold in how they're kind of putting to bed that long time accepted fallacy that consumers have that franchise dealerships are more expensive than independent service dealerships and organizations. So, you know, my two big takeaways there before I ask Juan to go into the product pieces are the organic growth shows that consumers already expect these tools in the service space. The more of it we give to them, the more they adopt and organically dive in and interact. But the truth is, because they want to take all of these steps online, if you're not allocating marketing budget and dollars to drive the most stable, 
revenue stream of your business to connect with these consumers online, digitally, to offer those digital scheduling connections, they're going to connect with your competitors. And that's where that market share opportunity is just up for grabs. You cannot retain the business that you already have today if you are not showing up where consumers are looking to take action in the fixed ops arena. Mm -hmm. Juan, your thoughts? Yeah, Bill, the Service Advisor product is a simple product, but it's a smart product. It really provides the customer with uh, recall information, pricing information as it relates to like brake pad replacement or gasket cover uh, replacement. So I um, mean, it describes um, to the customer what what that entails. Uh, and then what it does is it starts displaying possibility of of a major repair, right? A, a major repair as qualified as something that might be over $500 for a certain make model versus $1,000 for another make model. But the idea is now we start saying, has this customer has been holding on to this car for over 10, 11 years? What's the likelihood of a major of a major repair? So now we start getting into into the predictive aspect of how their repair costs may look like, right? So, Bill, I think for most of us, actually for all of us, our car, we, we have not been driving it as much. And so we're holding on to it. And so as we plan on driving in another 10, 15, 20,000 miles, we start looking at what is the potential cost that we can expect in the next uh, 10,000 miles. So the information, like I mentioned, is simple, but it's smart. And what we're doing is what Cox Automotive is, you know, is, is, is fairly efficient at, and that is taking our audience and driving that audience over to the dealership's website. And we provide a variety of, a variety of different touch points. How does the customer want to get in touch with the, with, the, with, the, with the dealership? Well, they can call, they can, they can click to call, they can schedule an appointment, they can submit a service lead, they can get redirected over to the dealership's website. But the idea is really to just uh, attract and engage the audience. And one quick, one quick fact, more than half of our audience is just organic audience. Mm -hmm. Just, just organic audience. We're, we're not paying for this audience, Bill. What this means is that there's a whole host of opportunity of, of of users out there that are just literally looking for this information and don't have a place to go get it. And uh, we have competitors. Obviously, Kelly Blue Book has competitors in this space, but you know, luckily, uh, the brand and the trust uh, and the content uh, is what's driving a lot of our audience growth. Fantastic! You're listening to the Auto Marketing Podcast, and. With the minute or so that we have left here, I'm going to ask Juan and Jay just for a parting shot, a quick mm -hmm. takeaway for our audience. Mm -hmm. Guys, I want to thank you for, for your time today. It's been a pleasure just to spend some time with you. So Juan, we'll have you go first, uh, just with a parting shot for our audience, a final takeaway. And and Jade, we'll give you the last word before we, uh, before we wrap up the podcast. But Juan, your thoughts. Go ahead, please. Yeah, my takeaway is I think the recall, the recall space it's just a it's just an, a golden opportunity for the dealers. The customers are raising their hand; they need help, and and I I think if done well, if partnered with somebody like Kelly Blue Book or 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 any other partner, the idea is that this could be a source of of audience um, for your dealership, so you can build a a sales pipeline. Don't snooze on that. That would be my takeaway: is leverage leverage that recall opportunity that exists. Very good, Jade. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'll say the last things I'll leave. Uh this group with today is assess every current revenue stream you have within your dealership organization. Assess revenue streams that you haven't considered yet. Make the value of first-party data and staying attached to and part of your consumer's ownership lifecycle. 
top of mind, front of mind, and extra important. And make sure that those service advisors and technicians and reconditioning folks, everybody you have on the back end of the house, um, that you know if they are happy, you know if they're unhappy, you know what they need to do their job better, you know that they're engaged, and that they are aware of how important the work they do is to the health of your business and the happiness of your consumers, and driving a consumer experience through the ownership life cycle that attaches that consumer to you for life and through the purchase life cycle. And when you do those things, there is no question that your market share is not only going to maintain where it is today, but it's truly going to grow for the future. Fantastic. Jade Terraberry, the Senior Strategic Planning Director at Cox Automotive. Jade, great to spend some time with you today. You too, Bill. Thanks a bunch. Juan Flores is the Senior Director of Product Development at KBB. Kelly Blue Book, Juan, thank you for your time. Thank you, Bill. You have been listening to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. We want to thank Jade and Juan, but we also want to thank you, our listeners. The Auto Remarketing Podcast continues just to soar in terms of listens across all platforms. We thank you for that. And we, our pledge to you is to continue to bring you the content that you need to grow your used car business, your service business, and be more profitable in that area of your dealership. My name is Bill Zedites. Thank you again for joining us on the Auto Remarketing Podcast, and we'll see you down the road.